Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin Connors. Welcome to another edition to Connors Clinic Live, our podcast that we try to bring in the best guests, and today's a perfect example of this. see you interviewed me on the mold summit was that what it was yeah that's how we met uh, through the toxic mold masterclass it's coming out soon and you have a bonus talk on uh cancer and mold yeah so and i just loved what you stand for and i know our patients and our listeners you know mold is a big issue toxic mold is a big issue but it's it's kind of an enigma out there and you're going to kind of clarify some of that. So let's the little bit of a biography on you. You started out as an acupuncturist, practiced for, you know, over a dozen years and saw people in clinic as an acupuncturist. You started having your own health issues and I'm going to let you carry on the story from there. So let's hear from you. <laughs> yeah, that is accurate. So I started my practice life in Portland, Oregon. I was having my own chronic health issues and I was like working on my diet and working on my sleep and trying to like get better. But I just was like, you know, always cycling through like lots of cold and flu and pain and period problems. And uh, after a long time in this same home, about eight years, I think, nine years, um, found out uh, and my symptoms were getting a lot worse. Found out that uh, I had mold in the home and uh, after kind of dealing with all that I sort of changed the direction of my career because I really wanted to talk more and focus more on all these things I was learning about detox and mold and um, you know in the end I'm sort of thankful it, it happened because I really love this space it, it's such an interesting topic and it's really needed and uh yeah it goes so deep like i, I was excited to interview you because it will affect so many things and i'm sure in oncology like it's not being talked about nearly enough so i think the more we can you know get it on the radar the, uh, the better it's going to be so how did you discover you had mold in your house I was see, going in a naturopathic college to get IVs and stuff. And I wasn't getting better. And um, they asked me about my home. They said, has anything changed in your home environment? And two things. We had gotten a cat and we had had some water intrusion in our basement. And the basement had always been kind of stinky and it was like a finished basement. So they said, you know, have you ever thought about checking for mold? And uh, I sort of knew enough to know I didn't want mold. Uh, right. I wasn't too keen on checking, to be honest. Um, luckily, my my husband at the time was like, I think we should check. Um, so we got an inspector. You know, we own the home. So I think an inspector is a great way to go. They check for you know, water in the in the walls and they check for like in, improper drainage and they do samples of drywall and air and then give you a whole report. So that was sort of our first um, 
indicator, you know, he found plenty of stuff. And then we started the process of remediating our home. We made tons of mistakes, so I got sicker. Uh, so yeah, depending on you, if you own or rent or where you think you're exposed, there's there are different options for testing and finding out. Let's move into the realm of what you did to treat it. Yeah, you know, at the time, I didn't know much about detox and mold. I mean, I think looking back, luckily, those years I didn't know about it. I did, I, you know, working on my diet, working on other things were beneficial. They weren't ultimately enough, right? How could they be? But I think setting that foundation of, you know, eating whole foods and, you know, I had really, ironically, I had really detoxed my house of other chemicals. I just didn't know I had mold. So those things, you know, were sort of in place, but I didn't know anything about detox. I started seeing uh, a local naturopath. She was very keen on um, treating EBV, which I also had as a way to kind of quell symptoms. So we did like, what's that acid from coconut? coconut oil the lauric lauric acid, acid. Yeah. yeah we did some of that we started on some binders um i think she was my first person but then I, I ended up seeing you know a handful of different people i got lymphatic massage uh was using a sauna so as now as i teach people i kind of look back on what helped me the most in those early years and recommend them the most. So sauna helped me a lot. Coffee enema helped me a lot. Dry brushing helped me quite a bit. Uh, so those are like three of my top techniques. Um, I think the supplements, you know, can be helpful, but it can also be sometimes a little slow, you know, to move the needle. But I have like my top supplements too. But yeah, looking back, I think a lot of what made me feel the best was sort of moving lymph and just kind of getting it moving. So you made point of, uh, you know, if you don't get rid of the source, I mean, it, you're never going to get better. It's like, no. if you have a glyphosate sensitivity and overabundance of glyphosate exposure, but you continue to eat glyphosates, you're never going to get better. So if you don't get rid of the source, you're never Gonna, you could detoxify is all you want and you're never going to overcome that. Another point that you made is that the physical things like the sauna, the coffee enema, dry brushing, you equate to be the most positive experience in overcoming mold. All of those you'd would one could argue is you're just helping detox pathways. Occasionally for some people, those things can make them feel worse because they can't, they're not exiting the cut toxins, right? Yeah. So they're just recirculating. So you have to make sure you're having bowel movements. You know, this is also where binders can help just get it out. Yeah. But for me personally, uh, I can't remember ever feeling worse from a sauna and an enema, maybe just once or twice. I usually just always feel better. Um, but yeah, everybody's different. You know, some of our clients like yours probably are very sensitive now to supplements and different techniques. I have clients who can only be in the sauna like five minutes, that type of thing. So you have to cater your treatment to yourself. Now, curious why other people, everybody else in your house didn't get sick when you got sick. So it's a combination of genetic factors, other exposures, age, stress, um, you know, it could just kind of hit you suddenly or it could be slowly taking you down. 
there is one gene, I'll just give it a start with this, that can tag mycotoxins and some of us don't have it. But really there are many genes at play when we're trying to detox from mold. It's not just that one. There's also how well we recycle glutathione and that kind of thing. So there's lots of you know factors at play. Uh, but generally, because our body recycles bile, we can recycle the mycotoxins that the bile is is trying to remove. So, uh, and then if we're still in the moldy house, right, we're still getting exposed. So generally, it's like a slow breakdown. Um, and then for for some people, it could be you know worsening mood, gaining weight, developing asthma. Some of your clients could be developing cancer and what you don't know that's happening. So often things are happening behind the scenes. And I, I suppose there are some people who like really do sort of get unaffected. But I always kind of wonder what's happening, you know, uh, down deep, like what's going to appear, right? It takes usually 10 years to discover an autoimmunity. So uh, yeah, everybody's kind of different. That That's really why. And the levels of exposure can be different too, whether it's just like one little corner in your house or it's really kind of everywhere. So yeah, lots of factors at play. And sometimes that's why there's some doubt or disbelief. It's like, why are you so sick? And I'm not. Um, but that's just life, right? We all get sick in different ways. It's, it makes you think that how many people are dealing with mold issues that don't know it? It just kind of, it's sad. You lived in the Portland area at the time. Is that what you said? Yes. Now, there's, I know there's been a lot said and written about different areas of the country that are more susceptible to mold issues. Um, what would you say to people that are living in, uh, in areas that are rainier? Is it good to get some, some plates to get your house checked? Uh, some auger plates that you can check your house with. Well, yeah, I will say rainy, also humidity uh, is another factor, you know, old home factor, new home can be a factor. So lots of factors. I would say the first step is think about your home stewardship. Like how are you taking care of your home? You, for instance, I definitely should have been running a dehumidifier in our basement the entire time. You know, so I would say before, maybe we'll, we'll move into when to test, but I would say, you know, I, and I wasn't a good steward of my home. I, my, our gutters weren't draining correctly. You know, we didn't run that dehumidifier. Uh, some of the things we wouldn't have known about because they were in the walls. But, you know, are you like cleaning your gutters and just maintaining the home well? Like, have you ever checked your crawl space? Like, have, is anyone checking your attic? So, you know, just be aware of possible water intrusion and how you're managing humidity. And if you see anything or smell anything, if you have like water staining, you know, this film on, on, in your basement, uh, musty odor then it may be a good idea to get inspected or do some testing. I would say especially if you have some health issues in the home. Um, and then, like I said, there's lots of ways to do it. You can do the plates you mentioned. There's a new mail away air test I just learned about. It really just depends on your budget and if, again, you're a renter or an owner. Um, sometimes starting with the plates could be good, even though they're not perfect, just to get an indicator. Because if they're like off the charts, then you may want to talk to your landlord or, you know, do a dust test, do something like that. Yeah, that becomes a, even a bigger difficulty if you're renting. It's expensive to remediate a house. 
Um, I can't imagine the cost that you went through. Um, uh, I've had patients that have spent, you know, upwards of close to two hundred thousand dollars to oh, wow. to end up tearing all the studs out of your house, and uh, it's just ex- it's extremely costly. It's costly, and you know, I can see why a landlord doesn't want to get involved with it. Right. But at the same time, you know. It- yeah, really it's a hard is. enough decision if it's your own home and your own health. And then if you've just got tenants, it's like, well, is it really as bad as you say? And why can't we just like bleach it and paint over it? Unfortunately, uh, a lot of that happens. And uh, there is, you know, some some legislation being proposed for this sort of thing. And there, there are some uh, legal kind of precedents that you can work with. Uh, but I also kind of talk to my clients about, you know, don't waste too much energy on, on different battles because the most important battle is your health, I think. Yeah, it is. Let's go over if a person is suspecting that they have, that they might have mold issues, um, what are some of the top symptoms that a person would see? Yeah, I think the top two that I see are, are brain fog and low energy. Uh, and really like those kind of chronic, deep, you're not getting rid of it type of thing. Even when, you know, you've changed your meds or you're eating right and you're getting, you know, eight hours of sleep and you're just dragging, you can't think clearly. I see those as the top two, but it, it really can be quite the spectrum because it, it's inflaming potentially any organ and depressing the immune system, inflaming the brain. So you can have like weight loss, resistance, like sudden weight gain, uh, asthma, kids can have a lot of ADHD, Uh, adults could have depression or rage or anxiety, insomnia. Um, You know, some of my symptoms, again, like nobody really said to me, oh, it could be mold. Like I was having like breakthrough bleeding on my periods. I was having like chronic back pain, just like getting colds a lot. Um, yeah, I had some anxiety and sleep issues, definitely chronic digestive issues, like lots of food sensitivities can really be a sign of mold because the way it's breaking down your gut, uh, that one gets missed a lot. Um, so, so lots of potential things and that, I think that's why unfortunately it can get missed. And, uh, thinking about what you do, Kevin, uh, when, you know, nobody wants to get to the point where they're getting a cancer diagnosis. So. I think it's a great idea if you are dealing with chronic symptoms and you're listening to this to uh, really look at like, you know, could it be mold rather than just let these symptoms go on and on for years because it can be developing even worse things like cancer, heart disease. Um, so better to really look for those those sources if you are having chronic symptoms of any kind. How do you, how would you test a patient that came in with those symptoms? Well, if you're looking for mold, there is now a urine mycotoxin test. Uh, there's a couple companies, maybe three or four actually. So we we use one, Great Plains Lab. It's a it's just a urine mycotoxin test. So they didn't have this test. I'm trying to think how long they've had it now. Do you think five or ten years? Yeah, I think it's been about that. Yeah. So they didn't used to. They used to use non-specific blood markers. Uh, and even that hasn't been going on all that long, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, so it's really great that we have this test now. You can just at home urine test. Uh, you can run it on a kid. 
I think what, what, the guy who I interviewed even ran it on his dog. So yeah, you could do that. Really? Eating dog food is quite moldy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and lots of animals have cancer now, too. Um, so, yeah, it's a really easy at-home test. It's, it's fairly affordable. This is a question that listeners would have. <clears throat> if they were to leave their environment, they're trying to do all sorts of right things and detoxing and supplements and things and dietary, but they're still not getting better. But they go take a two-week vacation down in Florida or Arizona or something like that. Would they notice a change? Would that give them a clue? I think sometimes. You know, a lot of people will say, do you feel better when you leave your home? But I think that can be a, a tough test, right? Because generally we feel better when we're on vacation. Yeah, we're happier, yeah. right? We're resting. So I probably had vacations I went on that I felt better, but I never thought, oh, it's my house. I just didn't put the two things together. But yes, it could potentially be a clue, maybe especially if you're having something like a stuffy nose in your house, right? And then you go away for a couple weeks and it's not stuffy. But I don't think it's perfect because you could still have the toxins in your body. Well, yeah. So you could still feel the same. So I, I don't think it's a perfect test. And since I've um, you know, worked with more people, I've been somewhat, I was somewhat surprised to see that you can leave the environment even for years and then they're still in your body. Uh, so you really have to usually actively clear them even once you leave the environment. Well, that's what we spoke about with cancer. If you get mycotoxins in the cell, <clears throat> even though you clean up your environment and do everything, it still could be a cause of cancer that then takes 10 years to develop. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a nasty thing. What are some, let's, let's talk about maybe three or five things that you want to leave the listener with when they're thinking, scratching their head, could it be toxic mold? What should I do about it? What would you tell them? You know, I might just direct people to our website and this event that you and I are, are both a part of because probably you're not gonna like walk away just with like in your head and enough to take action, right? You probably wanna have a list or have, you know, so we have like a little mold guy with different types of ways to test. Um, I have to think if it's in that guide, but you know, I definitely, this is my book coming out too. This is a picture of it. Uh, oh, I have hold like, that up again. There we go. Yeah, it's just a paper. I don't have it <laughs> <laughs> soon, hopefully, but I have like lists of, you know, things to check for, right? Like the home inspection. And I'm, I'm not, the, you know, the world's expert on that stuff, but I know enough to say like, you can, you know, look for moldy spots in certain places. You can look under sinks, you can test humidity. So once you have that list, you can do, you know, go from that or a list of different types of inspectors to go from that. Cause it, this is a huge project to take on. So it's nice to have something kind of in writing to look at, you can do some self-inspection. Yeah, I think self-inspection is a great way. Going over the symptoms, I mean, we did some of those, but it, it, a light bulb may go off as you, you know, you read more about possible symptoms and like maybe timing. As you said about like leaving a house, actually, I think what one thing that could coincide more is like when you moved in, like how long have you been dealing with this, right? right. So like for me, things started, you know, within the year 
of moving in. I didn't associate that because I also had a baby and had new business and stuff. Usually I say test the space first, um, but you can, you know, everybody's coming to me at different points in the process. So, to, you know, sometimes they've already tested the body and not the home or, or vice versa. You know, it, always in medicine, if you have like a gazillion dollars, you could test everything at once. Right. But usually we kind of go in, in, in an order and go with our budget. And then I, another thing I'd say if people are listening and they're not sure if they have any of this, just learning about detox techniques is a fantastic investment. You know, I've been out of a moldy home for four years now and I did a coffee enema today. Like that's how <laughs> into this stuff. I I did a sauna and a castor oil pack together just yesterday. Like I do this stuff all the time. It's not stressful. It's just it's part of my lifestyle because I'm always getting exposed to things. We all are, right. um, yeah. you know, so that's another, again, if you learning to be a good steward of your home, whether or not you have mold now, learning how to detox all the time is a great investment. And then just learning, you know, how to identify mold and the symptoms in case you, you are exposed at some time would be like three great things. I think that, that can great. come out of this. Yeah. Well, we're going to have your information up and maybe by the time this comes out, this podcast comes out, you're going to have your book ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not just in one page. Yeah, it's actually now on Amazon, kind of. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, we've got the Kindle up, but the cover didn't quite work for the well, paperback. we'll get a link so. to that for this podcast, too, and a link to your website if people want to look you up and utilize your services. You are a great asset to a lot of people. I really thank you for what you do. Well, thank you for having me and just giving me a platform to spread spread the message. And I really appreciate your support of the event as well. It's been so great to get to know you. Absolutely. Well, thanks, everybody, for attending our Connors Clinic Live podcast. And uh, Bridget, we appreciate what you do. And we'll have you on again very soon. Great topic. Thanks, everyone. All right. Bye-bye.